Hello everyone, and welcome to the July 29th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Kyle Eubelhart with Floyd, Scarron and Kelly, and thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal ruled that a reserve LAPD officer has no standing to file a discrimination claim against the department. Here is what happened in the case of Frank Estrada versus City of Los Angeles. Estrada became a reserve officer for the LAPD in 1990. When hired, Estrada acknowledged in writing that he was not a salaried officer and not entitled to compensation for services rendered. Reserve officers are volunteers who serve gratuitously, and the city deems these individuals to be employees for the limited purposes of workers' compensation benefits. Such benefits are not remuneration. Rather, they help to make the volunteers whole in the event they are injured while performing their duties. In 1995, while on duty, Estrada was involved in a traffic collision and sustained a leg and back injury. In 1996, while on duty, Estrada again was involved in a traffic collision and injured his right shoulder. In both instances, he obtained workers' compensation benefits and continued to receive benefits as his injuries were not fully resolved. In 2004, the Food and Drug Administration served a search warrant on Estrada's nutritional supplement company, Body Basics Incorporated. Thereafter, Estrada was the subject of an internal affairs division for the activity. He was accused of inappropriately selling a product containing the active ingredient of Pfizer's prescription drug, Viagra. Administrative proceedings following an investigation resulted in Estrada's termination in 2007, after 17 years as a reserve officer. Estrada filed suit against the city, alleging disability discrimination under FEHA, retaliation for filing workers' compensation claim, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. This case proceeded to trial only on the FIHA claim. The trial court determined that Estrada could not prove his case because he was not an employee for the purposes of FIHA. The Court of Appeals sustained the dismissal of his case in the published case of Estrada versus City of Los Angeles. In order to recover the discrimination and employment provisions of the FIHA, the, the aggrieved plaintiff must be an employee. However, the statutory definition of employee under FIHA does not actually define who is an employee, but the FIHA regulations are more helpful. These were interpreted in the case of Mendoza versus Town of Ross. The Mendoza case said that there is nothing within FIHA or its legislative history evidencing an intent to depart from the requirement that compensation of some sort of indispensable to the formation of an employment relationship. Thus, the court concluded that Estrada was a volunteer who served without remuneration. Accordingly, Estrada was not an employee of the city for purposes of his FIHA claim. The WCAB panel decision reversed Almaraz Guzman-based award for former Lakers player. Here is what happened in the case of Horace Grant versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Grant played professional basketball from 1987 through 2004 when he injured his hip. His last year of employment as a professional athlete was with the Los Angeles Lakers. And in 2011, applicant filed a cumulative trauma injury claim against the Lakers. The WCJ found that applicant was 90% permanently disabled without apportionment. 
the WCJ accepted the view of a QME that the AMA guides do not straightforwardly apply to this applicant because he is a professional athlete and not a normal person, and that holding an Almaraz and Guzman cases authorized a physician to construe the AMA guides in a way that allows for a higher rating. The QME justified his rating, saying that it was simply unreasonable to use usual charts in the AMA guides to rate a professional athlete because of the unique qualifications required to be a professional basketball player. He said that the AMA guide charts were designed to measure impairment in the average worker and not a top-tier professional athlete such as Mr. Grant. The WCAB reversed the award, finding that the QME's understanding of Almaraz Guzman holding was incorrect and his reporting was not substantial evidence. The unique occupational factor are already accounted for in the rating string. In this case, the DEU rater applied the occupational variant of 590J, which represents the most physically strenuous occupations. Thus, reference to applicants' occupation as a professional athlete as a reason to use other than the usual charts and tables in the AMA guides is unjustified. The award rescinded and the case was returned to the trial level for further proceedings. And now for our fraud report. LaRae Shearn was sentenced to serve two years in federal prison for running a landscaping business while claiming workers' compensation and unemployment benefits from the Department of Navy and Department of Veterans Affairs. The judge also ordered Shearn to pay about $350,000 in restitution and $5,000 in fines. Shearn's fraud spanned for more than five years and cheated two U.S. government agencies out of over $350,000. Trial evidence showed that Shearn falsely represented to the Navy and VA that back and knee injuries prevented him from working and that he was not engaged in any employment, self-employed or in the business when he received benefits. The jury heard and saw evidence, including video recordings, that Shearn operated a landscaping business in which he personally performed landscaping work for numerous customers. The jury returned guilty verdicts on all 16 counts of fraud. An Orange County doctor accused of bilking Medicare of nearly $3 million was sentenced to federal prison and ordered to pay restitution. 62-year-old Augustus Omeg, a Buena Park resident, was sentenced to three and a half years in federal prison, followed by three years of supervised release. Omeg was also ordered to pay nearly $2 million in restitution. Omeg was convicted last March on six counts of healthcare fraud after an investigation at Pacific Clinic in Long Beach where Omeg served as medical director. Omeg would recruit Medicare patients and bill federal program for needless tests and needless procedures. Evidence also showed that the doctors signed and sold hundreds of fraudulent prescriptions for power wheelchairs and other equipment to medical supply companies. Nearly all of the prescriptions for wheelchairs signed by the doctor were written for people who could walk, and many of the phony prescriptions were signed and left blank to be filled in by his office manager. Omeg was among 10 defendants charged with the healthcare fraud resulting from an investigation into Pacific Clinic, Ivy Medical Supply in Anaheim, and Santos Medical Supply in Los Angeles. 
Federal prosecutors said that all 10 had either entered guilty pleas or had been convicted by the jury. Biopharmaceutical company Amgen Incorporated paid the United States more than $15 million to resolve allegations that the Ventura County Company provided illegal financial incentives to physicians and physician groups to induce them to prescribe the cancer drug Ajiva. Amgen entered into a settlement agreement with the United States to resolve the allegations that had violated the Medicare anti-kickback statute and the Federal False Claims Act. The anti-kickback statute prohibits anyone from offering, paying, soliciting, or receiving anything of value to generate referrals. Ajiva was approved by the Food and Drug Administration in 2010 for cancer patients. Amgen allegedly used the agreements, which the company called deep dive contracts, to provide financial incentives to physicians who prescribe Ajiva. The original plan for deep dive contracts called for Amgen to pay doctors to fill out short survey on the internet. However, Amgen altered the original program, designed of increasing the amount of money it would pay doctors, and by offering such payments only to doctors who prescribed Exgeva for their patients. Amgen also allegedly provided cash payments, characterized as honorea, to physicians for participating in audience response sessions, data market research surveys, and treatment trends. Advisory board programs which touted the benefits of the drug. This settlement resolves a lawsuit filed under the Quitam whistleblower provisions of the False Claims Act, which allow private citizens with knowledge of fraud to bring civil actions on behalf of the United States and share in any recovery. This case was filed last year by two Amgen employees. The two men, William Davis and Spencer Miller, will collectively receive $2.75 million as part of the settlement. And that's some big money. Federal officials are scaling back several high-profile healthcare fraud and abuse investigation as a result of budget and staff cuts. The Department of Health and Human Services Office of Inspector General is in the process of losing a total of 400 staffers, about 20% of its workforce from its peak strength of 1,800. About 200 of those staffers will have departed by the end of this year, and the other 200 are slated to be gone by the end of 2015. The federal agency says that it will not be able to keep pace with the rapid growth of taxpayer-subsidized health care anticipated under Obamacare. OIG officials contend their investigations typically return $8 for every dollar invested. 2012 generated expected recoveries of about $6.9 billion and more than 1,100 criminal and civil investigations of individuals or healthcare businesses. One official testified at a Senate hearing that existing staff was stretched so thin that the agency had failed to act in 1,200 complaints over the past year. And in regulatory news, in July 2012, a new law called the FDA Safety and Innovation Act or FDA SIA for short, gave the FDA an expedited tool for approval and breakthrough therapies. 
Drug developers can now expedite the development of new drugs that offer substantial improvement over available therapies for patients with serious or life-threatening diseases. The FDA has already received 62 requests to grant this new designation to products under this new law. And the FDA has just published industry guidance to help drug companies use this law. The FDA previously had three other programs known as Fast Track, Accelerated Approval, and Priority Review. But the new breakthrough designation requires early clinical data showing unprecedented beneficial effect. Drug, ma drug makers recently testified at a congressional briefing last week on this law. Johnson & Johnson's head of global regulatory affairs said the new process has shaved two years off the 10 years that typically drug takes to get to the market. In 1993, the California legislature directed the DWC to put together comprehensive information about workers' compensation in California. The result is the Workers' Compensation Information System, or WCIS. Medical bill payments reporting regulations under the program were adopted in 2006. Regulations require medical services to be reported to the WCIS by all claims administrators handling 150 or more total claims per year. Electronic data interchange for EDIS is the computer-to-computer -computer exchange of data used to transmit this information to the DWC. The EDI format is standardized by the American National Standards Institute and adopted by the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions. The DWC planning to upgrade an improved format in the fall of 2014. This migration has significant transaction improvements that address the industry's needs. In general, the newer format is believed to be more efficient and easier to implement. The details for the EDI format are now posted to the online form in the DWC so that public members may review and comment on the proposal. Shade, water, and breaks. These are just some of the state requirements employers must provide to outdoor workers. Employers who fail to do so are penalized with an order that stops all outdoor operations. This summer, Cal OSHA has already issued two stop orders to California employers. The first was Echegarry Farms in Tulare County after field worker was found unresponsive in what's being as investigated as a possible heat-related death. The second at Wright's Ranches in Fresno County. Agriculture leaders say there are no excuses for noncompliance. And in medical news, health insurance giant Anthem Blue Cross is spurning California's new insurance market for small businesses. This poses a potential setback in the California rollout of the federal health care law. Anthem is California's largest insurer for small employers. The company's surprising move raised concerns about the state's ability to offer competitive rates and attract businesses in its new covered California exchange that opens next January. Anthem is the first big insurer in California to publicly pass on the small business pool. Some other big names, such as United Healthcare Group and Aetna, have already opted out of California's larger exchange for individual consumers. Anthem's decision shows that the small business exchanges are the most susceptible to a lack of interest amongst insurers. 
Anthem said it would keep selling coverage to small companies outside the exchange. Both Kaiser and Blue Shield are expected to participate in the small group exchange. And that's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news, updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device for searching for WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Kyle Eubelhart with Floyd, Scarn, and Kelly, and thanks again for joining us today. Drop by again next week for more news.